Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. That guy over to my, I guess it'd be on my right on screen, is Jesse Lobs. I'm always scared to point. Oh, I got it right. Hey, look at that. I did it. That's it's Jesse Lobs. And he's fantastic. I'm so glad he's here. Welcome to Pokemonarchy, the show that is kind of about Pokemon, but mostly it's the only show in the world, Jesse, the only show in the world that is purely dedicated to just making you and me happy because we're very selfish. That's only true. Show that's why I love it so much. <laughs> That's why I love it so much. It's it's purely selfish endeavors, and I'm a huge fan. But we hope that if you are here, that you enjoy it as well, because we love other humans and things like that. So thanks for watching Pokemonarchy. Jesse, how have you been? What have you been up to recently? Unless it's serious and dramatic and, and work-related. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about I'm fun things, tired. right? I'm just tired. That's fair. But... But I've been reading a lot. I've been exposing myself to all kinds of new things. I um, uh, I am in the middle of reading the Star Wars High Republic comic books. Very nice if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, so that is getting me through. That's going to be the thing that gets me all the way through the start of Christmas break. That's fantastic. And How are you? I am great. Thank you for asking. I don't like cold weather at all, but it's not really been cold. I do like the holidays because I like cookies and alcohol and presents and things. So I'm a big fan of that. And recently, Jesse, my nerd thing has been... <laughs> Jesse, I'm such an old man. My recent nerd habit, hobby, if you will, has been exploring and trying to get integrated into Discord where all the young kids are these days. And it is kind of fun. I joined a server for a podcast that I really enjoy. I started... I don't, I don't understand Discord at all. I, I feel ancient. I feel... I felt super ancient trying to get it set up and all that, and I still feel super ancient. But I did set up a Poke Malarkey server, so maybe someday when we are recording this, we will also just live, throw it onto the Poke Malarkey server, and maybe Ian will see it. Because yeah. he's the only other person in the server. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just be live streaming directly to Ian, and that will be our whole purpose. I, I love that. Ian, it's just for you. Ian, you know what? I should, I'm going to amend my first statement about being the only podcast in the world dedicated to making us happy. It's also dedicated to making Ian happy. Who, by the way, yeah. recently, I hope he's okay with me sharing this. Recently had a surgery, and you know he's doing fine. It wasn't like a major surgery or whatever, but surgery—it's a—it's a surgery, you know. So, oh, Ian, that sweet, when sweet you listen to baby this, boy. Yeah, when you listen to this, buddy, I hope you're like back up and at him the whole way. Ian, let me know if you want me to put on a sexy nurse costume. <laughs> I'm ready, bud. <laughs> and that's. That's when our last Discord person left our server. That's it. That's it. Jesse, we have an episode today that, spoiler alert, I'm pretty fond of. I won't say if it's good or bad yet, but I'm pretty fond of it, and I'm very excited to talk about it. It is called the Punchy Pokemon. I almost forgot which one it was called. It's called the Punchy Pokemon, and I'm not even going to hazard a guess at which episode it is because I totally forgot to write it down. I think we're at 30 or 31 or something like that. This is actually just episode 29. 29. I was kind of, I, I, I said I wasn't going to hazard a guess, and then I did, and I shouldn't have, is what it amounted to. Jesse, <laughs> buddy, would you care to give us the rundown of this adorable episode? All right. 
All right, I would love to. All right, punchy Pokemon. Um, our team of heroes are lost on their way somewhere, as they usually are, and they come across a Hitmonchan who is training Hitmonchan very famously of fighting, punching Pokemon. Ash thinks it's a wild Pokemon, attempts to capture it um, by by taking his electric mouse and trying to teach it how to fight. And Ash is like, I'll give you my secret punch. It does not work. Um, so Pikachu gets gets a little knocked down by the Hitmonchan. And a man comes up and he reveals that he's actually Hitmonchan's trainer. He's training Hitmonchan for an event called the P1 Grand Prix, which is a fighting Pokemon championship. As he and Hitmonchan run away, a mysterious girl just pops out from behind a tree, Rebecca, and she's trying to get her father, Anthony, the trainer we just met, to come home because he's too dedicated to training his Pokemon. Um, so in order to help Rebecca out, because Brock obviously loves to help the lady out, they decide to have their own Pokemon enter the P1 Grand Prix and um, try to beat him to convince him to come home. So Ash enters Primate, a Pokemon he caught pretty recently, and Brock enters Geodude. Um, so while they're there, Team Rocket also hears about the P1 Grand Prix, and they they kidnap a Hitmonlee. Um, well, they borrow a Hitmonlee. And so I'm they- so proud of them. They kidnapped a Pokemon, a useful one. Yeah, I'm so proud of them. If only they could have not been left, stupid. You're left right. It there. Um, Team, Rocket, you. Team Rocket's dedicated to winning the belt. They want the belt so they can sell it for cash. Um, so as they get there, um, Ash and his team fights a few Pokemon. Geodude fights a few Pokemon. Um, they get to they get through the tournament, and um, Brock ends up having to throw in the towel. And apologizes to Geodude for making it into the Grand Prix. And Ash and Primate continue on. At, uh, the tournament continues. Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee are the only ones left. The next battle is between Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee. Jesse uh, uses Meowth to squirt glue up through the floor, which makes the Hitmonchan get stuck. Um, as Hitmonchan is getting beat up by Hitmonlee's kicks, Rebecca hops in front of the Hitmonchan and is willing to get hit um, to save her father's Pokemon. And Anthony jumps in front of his daughter, and they both get knocked down. And he forfeits, telling his daughter that he's sorry he worried them. And Mr. Lab fighting brings the family back together. The final match is between Primate and Hitmonlee. Primate uh eventually beats the crap out of Hitmonlee. And fortunately, Pikachu prevents Meowth and Team Rocket from cheating once again. Team Rocket gets blasted off by their own by their own electric bomb. Primeape wins. Primeape wins something. Ash wins the P1 Grand Prix Championship. That's incredible. Um, and then at the end of the episode, Anthony asks if he can train Primeape. And Ash is like, yes. Take my only good Pokemon. Here you go. And that's the end of the episode. And Yeah, this Pokemon finally did something useful. Here you go, stranger I met yesterday. Why why does you. he do this? Why does every time that Ash gets a good Pokemon, he's like, 
I've got to look for the first available opportunity to give it up. You're a beefy Italian from Rhode, uh, from Long Island. Here's my favorite. Here's my favorite Pokemon. Teach it to pick fights. The that was a beautiful synopsis, Jesse. Of a, I still think a, a charming episode. I don't have a ton. I don't have a ton of issues with Ash. It is the issues that are there are big, and I can think of two big ones. First, Ash. Stop giving away your Pokemon. That's huge. That's not like an Ash is stupid thing. That's like an Ash. How do you? You're... That's like rule number one of like being a Pokemon trainer. You have to keep them. I know you that can't... he doesn't catch a lot of his Pokemon legitimately. <laughs> they just fall into his lap. But you don't have to repay that cart. That can just be good luck for being a, a decent yeah. kid. The other problem I have is that when he sees the Hitmonchan on the road at the very beginning. His first instinct is to teach Pikachu to fight back at it with his fist. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Pikachu is like the world's most powerful Thunder Mouse. And I don't know why Ash's first instinct is, here are some gloves. Let's box. Here's these boxing gloves I have. The rocket punch, even though it doesn't work, is 100% adorable. It's great. Looked cool. I was surprised. I was like... Here we go. Here we go. Finally, some action. And you had a little a twinkle of hope for just a moment. So even though Ash's mistakes are minimal in quantity, they're the quality, the egregious nature of his mistakes is infuriating. So I've got a great in mind, but I'll let you go first if you'd like to. Um, I just have, I just, I just have so much to say and i i want to ask you how many absentee fathers have we had at this point there are so many like can you count this guy as semi-absentee he i guess it's just it's just here's another episode where the story revolves around a father who's not there for his family and i want to know who hurt it sounds who hurts creator of pokemon well you know how he I feel like there's a joke in here about all these Nintendo creators, like the person who created Zelda, whose name I forget, I know, please forgive me, uh, or the person who created Pokemon just wandering around in their backyards catching insects or finding caves and things. And I imagine it's just because their houses were pure turmoil, and that's what inspired this I guess Pokemon I guess. Black 2 caliber dramatic storytelling they have going Black and White 2, where they get, like, at one point in Black 2 and White 2... One person basically asks, like, isn't Pokemon slavery? And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh, well, is that black one? or I think kind of in both, actually. Black and white and black two and white two, I think, are the ones where they get kind of wild, wild deep into the story. But I do, I'll give Ash's grade. And then there's another couple comments I, I would like to share about the ridiculousness of this episode. I, I'm giving Ash a C. I feel like you fix either one of those rather egregious. Just try to catch the Hitmonchan like a normal Pokemon trainer. Or just yep. try not to give away your Pokemon to random strangers. And you get a much higher grade. But you screwed up twice. They're both big, so I'm giving you a C. I think a C is a fair grade in this episode. I agree with you. Um, if, if, Ash, if Ash could just... like. Even forgetting the Hitmonchan thing, because it did end up to be another trainer's. But, like, he won something big. He won something exciting. The next 
thing you do with that is not to give your Pokemon away, but take it with you to the next gym. Anything would work. Anything. I'm just so disappointed in in Ash here. Um, Another... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, please go. Please go. Another thing, so stepping aside from Ash being wildly frustrating, that I, one thing that I love about this is that the dad is like training until he wins the P1 Grand Prix. And so then his daughter's plan is to make him lose the P1 Grand Prix so that he comes home. <laughs> you know, sometimes we forget that these are kids, but like that's some pretty that's some pretty kid logic. That's kid logic. Yeah, that's totally kid logic. Um and her just like throwing herself in the middle of a Pokemon match because she doesn't want her father's Pokemon to get hurt, which is like, oh, that's adorable, but also you're dumb. He's kind of in there under, well, not his own volition, hashtag Pokemon black and white, but under, you know, it's not like her dad's not there watching and knowing when to throw in the towel and everything from previous experiences. You got to throw in the towel, Sean. A real man knows when to throw in the towel. So many towels being thrown. So many dirty jokes I want to go with there. But the, and the, I do really love that Jesse and James finally, like, they capture a Pokemon and it's working for them. Like, he's fighting, they're doing it, they're winning, not legitimately, but like they've captured a useful Pokemon. Yeah. And I'm so happy for them. I almost wish they would have just left and just sent the Hitman Lee back to, back to Giovanni right then and there and, been, and maybe gotten a little payday, you know? But they, they're sometimes their motivations are really questionable. Very strange. Um, James wants to win so they can sell the belt, so they can go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. Jesse wants to win so they can sell the belt, so she can go shopping and then have a nice, quiet dinner at home. It's just like, do you remember what your job is? Can you just picture them walking into like? like a sizzler, like a rural, <laughs> like an us buffet here in Kansas with a, with a gilded belt and just being like, hi, can we get three, uh, two adults and one cat, please? <laughs> Are the drinks included? Is that separate? Okay. No drinks. Then that's fine. Water's fine. Two adults, one cat, one kid. cat sized meal. So yeah, I did. I did feel a little bad for them because they also. It's kind of like Ash at Parallels Ash, where they did a thing right that they're supposed to be doing, uh, but the, but the you know the idiocy of the rest of their plan yeah. really takes That's, away from it. It's dis- it's disappointing. You know, as soon as as soon as they do, as, this is a good episode for as soon as a character does something good, they fuck it up like immediately. It is worth watching. My final thought on the episode is it is worth watching the entire episode. A, just to see Primeape cry. It's kind of adorable. And B, just to see Pikachu's rocket punch. Both the very cute. Worth the whole episode, I think, just for those. It was a fun episode. Even with even with Anthony's terrible Long Island accent. It's pretty um, rough. It's pretty I wonder what <laughs> accent in like in Japan or in its in the like in the original language and the tone. You know, what accent was it for them? Like, I, is that a downtown Tokyo accent? I wonder. I wonder because it reminded me of Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Um, just, one of the which is weirdest voice acting performances in history. Famously one of the worst. 
it's so, really rough and I'll never not love it, Jesse. I'll never um, stop loving it. So, but a fun, a fun episode on the whole. I enjoyed it uh, way more than I think I expected I was going to. I agree entirely. And if you watched Ian and I, for the rest of you, if you watched Ian and me record last week, it was kind of a spoiler alert where I already mentioned that I did like it quite a bit. But yes, I do like it a lot. Very, very cute. We'll go with cute. Jesse, we're already at 15 minutes in here. I think it's time, if you're ready, to jump to our Poke Malarkey. No, the other thing. Poke Adjacent <laughs> topic. And this week's Poke Adjacent topic is one that we both agreed on. The uh, subject matter. I think we might disagree on how to title it. One of us just wants to say it's Artemis Fowl, the book. The other one of us wants to say why Artemis Fowl, the book, is better than Harry Potter, the book. I don't think... I don't know if I can sign off on that one yet, my friend. I just, I don't, I can't could. do it. I can't do it. I I'll, could. I'll give a really nice, just, I'm literally reading from Wikipedia here. So, Poke Jason, right? Paying homage to something we love. This week, it's Artemis Fowl, the first book. Just straight up reading off of Wikipedia here. This thing was pronounced by a guy whose name I've never been able to pronounce. Owen. It's Owen Culver. Interesting. And it was published in 2001. And it is the first of a series that I think this main series went on to have either seven or eight books. Don't quote me on that. But 2001, this is the first book kind of during the peak of Potter mania, I think it's fair to say. And it does operate in a similar young adult fantasy space. But it is much more of like a buddy cop sci-fi plus fantasy action book. If that makes that's a weird amount of text to put together, uh, it isn't. It's it's reaching a kind of similar audience, probably. But yeah. it does give off a lot of different vibes, and it's called Artemis Fowl. And despite some maybe mixture of critical reception, people really liked this book, and it quickly became a very big series. Jesse, I would love to hear you talk about why you love it whether or not that's in comparison to other works of art. Yeah. Yeah. I, I are the Armist file series by own culture is one of my favorite, uh, why a series of all time. Uh, I think I, I picked it up at a scholastic book fair, not knowing what yeah, I, I did as well. Absolutely. Not, not what knowing what I was getting. And, um, but that cover, that the cover, cover it was a treasure. The, the golden, cover, it was the golden cover with that elvish, uh, gnomish language on it. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous. How could you not pick it, it speaks up? to you like a Legend of Zelda cartridge, uh, NES cartridge on the shelf. It, it calls to a young reader. So, I, I think, honestly, I think if. If Artemis Fowl had not been swallowed up by the constant Potter mania, it would have been an incredibly popular series. Um, you've got, you've got, like Sean said, you've got action, you've got buddy comedy, you've got magic. Um, there's a whole subterranean race of gnomes, elves, pixies, trolls, goblins. That mythology exists. And it's so tied to Ireland and Irish history and Irish folklore. Um, it's 
It's incredibly enjoyable. And Artemis Fowl, our character, our main character, is the twelve-year-old criminal mastermind of the world. Um, and he he has grown obsessed with the fairies, and he's gonna find them. And then, lo and behold, when he does find them, he gets more than he bargained for. Um, and it's just it's so fun. I always found the humor amazing. Um, Sean, my favorite character. I loved Digger Mulch, the dwarf. I loved Diggums, aka Lance Digger, I believe is his later, is one of his many, what do you call it, many pseudonyms. He's so great. Just the fact that um, that dwarves in this world, they, they chew through the earth and they wear pants that have a flap so they can expel the dirt as it's going through their mouth. It's just. I, so I, I did, I did really, really like the first book. Not as much as I liked Harry Potter. I'm going to try to keep my focus in the first book here. I did really like the first book, but the thing that in my mind did keep it below Harry Potter that is like that when you read in Harry Potter, you knew there was going to be seven years. Like you knew what the arc was. It was almost like an Avatar, the last airbender thing, which if you know me, you know, I, I love, but you can like, since the end, like you, you can see the full circle of where the story was going to go. Whereas Artemis Fowl, when I read that book and I liked that book, there was kind of a nice excitement to, I don't know where it's going to go next, but there's also, what am I trying to say here? That also, it's like it was missing the hook, though, to keep me coming back. You know, it wasn't, oh, well, I know next year they're going to go into year two. It's, first of all, is this book going to be popular enough to get a sequel? I think that was a fair question at the time, right? Because you don't you don't know. And then second of all is, like, what, what are they going to do to kind of top this first very exciting but very contained adventure? Whereas Harry Potter, like, had me on the train, pun intended, for all seven years, like right out of the gate. Like I knew at that point already that I had to see this this bigger picture to fill out the lore. But if you know me, you know that I like campy humor and I love mediocre action movies. So I have no qualms in saying that reading this did feel like the tone was speaking to Sean. I typically prefer a high fantasy to a sci-fi, like a pure high fantasy to a sci-fi. But the tone of this absolutely gripped me 100% pretty much not right away because it doesn't start off extremely engaging in that sense right what are you talking about it warms up he goes to vietnam and talks to but it's not it does but but it's still very serious at that it's still taking itself very seriously at that point but once you kind of get warmed up to the characters and you get the as soon as you like read about the about the lep recon and you kind of see that pun and you like chuckle to yourself a little bit and then it starts to starts to take off from there i think where you start to warm up to the tone that this book this series is trying to present so that's my diatribe i'm well, a big fan sean is wrong but that's okay i'm used I to it i'm used to it by now to being wrong in fact when i say things you just assume <laughs> that it's incorrect hey you know i what? will say i will say both of us it's probably it's probably a good you know if you if you like Reading YA stuff still. Um, both Sean and I like it. 
Um, like I think it covers a lot of audiences. You should check it out. It's fun. It's easy to read. Um, they're not a lot of high stakes. Just enjoy it. Go find it. And we would love to know. You know, let's go ahead and say overall. We'd love to know just generically. We're going to make it nebulous. Just Harry Potter or Artemis Fowl. We'll say books. I'll give it that that caveat. We'd love to know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Artemis Fowl is written better. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Listen, I it's it's really hard to back up anything that that uh I still don't know how to pronounce her name. Is it Rowling or Rowling? Rowling. It's hard to be supportive of any of her works of art, uh, knowing that she was responsible for them. But I still think that if you remove her from the equation that they are very well written books. But and, they're also an insane fad that maybe and, maybe in ten years we'll look back and be like, How was that how is that a thing? But Jesse, we're already like fourteen years out, so maybe not. We're already I would, ways I would say it's I would say it's here to stay, my friend. Uh, the Legos in the back of my room are here to stay, right? It's here to remind <laughs> me forever. Lego. I said Legos, plural. Oh, no. I'm a Le- Everybody's going to know I'm a Lego noob because I made it plural with an S. Lego Lego is the plural of Lego, Jesse. It's a big thing in the Lego community. I got all my Legos up here. Right. It's, Jesse, they're, now they definitely know we're both noobs. Fine. It's just... They can tell that to the Falcon Crest that took me eight hours to put together. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't explain to you the old castle back here, how long that took. I am sure. And when I say that, I mean for my wife, because I didn't help her much. (laughs) Thank you so much for indulging us in this poke adjacent. We hope you'll go check out Artemis Fowl. If you haven't already, if you are, again, the, the range of audiences that this book can appeal to, it's written at that reading level, but it just, it's got a little something for a lot of audiences, provided that you have some, that you take some joy in some sci-fi or some high fantasy like you probably got to have at least some love for one of the other of those in your heart yeah got it that's it that's our show that's poke malarkey poke malarkey episode well question mark pokemon episode 29 i don't know there you go other episode it's 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 up there just count the ones in spotify or itunes or Podbean or whatever your podcast catcher of choice your is. You friend, just go your there. Friendly, and, your friendly streaming service. Your friendly streaming. And then obviously we are also I say obviously like it like people know we're there. We're on YouTube as well and we would love to have your, your support on YouTube because we do put some videos if you want to see our beautiful faces. And also I guess I started a Discord. I don't know if I have any plans for that, but hey, if you if you want it, I'll put that in the description as well. I think it'd be fun to live stream our recording while we're recording over there sometime. We'll give it a try. In the meantime... I will do anything you tell me to, oh lord and master. That, That's a lot more trust than I deserve. And that's because that's my friend Jesse Lobbs, and he is a very trusting person. I'm not. I'm very cynical. My name's Sean Shaler, but I'm very grateful, as is Jesse, that you're here with us. We hope you'll come join us again next time. See you next time.